There's a spiritual war that's going on for our communities. It's a war between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And God wants to equip us to be His occupying force in our communities. Join in today to learn more. This week, we want to talk about falling in love with your city. And this is a topic that really is close to my heart and Richard's as well. And for me, it was really a life-changing question that came from the Lord that caused me to fall in love with the city that I lived in. You know, one morning I was just sitting in prayer and talking to the Lord and all of a sudden he called me a hypocrite. And I went, what? God, ouch. Like, why are you calling me a hypocrite? And here's what he said to me. He said, because you rally people to pray for your city, even for your mayor, but you despise where you are. Ouch, did that hurt? And so I had to go, Lord, you know, talk to me about this. And he continued and he went, you're mad at the city. You have despised the land and it should be the powers and principalities that are ruling over it that you should be dealing with. And I knew he was right. So right there in my living room, I dropped to my knees and I repented because I was really mad at the land, the city, the place that I lived because of disappointments that had happened in my life. When I moved to Lakeland as a teenager, I ended up in places where I had hope deferred. Promises that I thought were going to happen never happened. And honestly, decades later after those things had happened, I was really asking the Lord, can I move out of the city? I've had enough. Even though I loved the mayor, I loved the business people I was praying with, I loved having Watchmen Rise training meetings going on in the city, but here I am, I'm wanting to be somewhere else. I wanted to go to Virginia because I loved to pray for D.C. and go hang out with the intercessors up there. I wanted to go hang out with Gloria Zion in Texas and be part of that ministry out there. I thought it would just be better if I lived somewhere else. So when God nailed me with that statement, you're a hypocrite, and I had that moment of repentance, it really changed my heart towards the place where I live because he was right. And I began to truly love the city. I began to truly embrace the people that were there like I never had. And things really began advancing a lot as far as the connections that I made, as far as the ministry assignments that came up. It was just amazing how things transformed from that moment that I made that choice. I am going to love the place where the Lord has placed me. It sounds like that what happens is, is we forget that Jesus said, hey, we're going to have tribulations. Jesus said, I was portrayed, you're going to get portrayed. Mm -hmm. And yet we forget that and we go into a place and those things that cause us pain, we allow those things then to do something in our heart and harden us. And we think, okay, you know, I have right to dislike what's going on here. Mm -hmm. I mean, we wouldn't say it. That's the reason... When he told you that, it was shocking to you because you wouldn't you wouldn't automatically say, well, I don't love this place anymore. But then all of a sudden you realize, no, wait a minute. And uh, we can look at Scripture and see what God has to say about love. And we're all familiar with the passage in 1 Corinthians 13. But I want to just read a couple of verses. He says, and if I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. So he, he's saying that you can go into a place and you can have those gifts operating inside of you. 
and go in there and release those. But ultimately, it means nothing if you don't have a deep love for that place. So you can say you love God, even to the point of sometimes you can say, well, you love people. But Jesus is talking about the very place that you go into. Again, you and I were talking, I mean, Jesus himself would personify cities. He would speak of those cities like they were a person. He did that with Jerusalem when he wept over the city. So he's just, he's not talking about just the people of the city. He's talking about the city itself. Then in, in verse uh, three of this same passage, he says, and if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, if I deliver my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. So you can have a ministry in a city where you're doing all of these kinds of things in the city because you know that God wants you to do that. It's in your heart to do it. But he's saying, if you don't have love for the place that you're in, then it benefits nothing. I mean, that is a that is a powerful statement. I'll read one more scripture out of 1 Corinthians. This is verse 13. He says, And now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. So in what we're talking about in going in and occupying a territory, to have occupation, there has to be that we're carriers of love. We love the place where God has us. I don't know that I understood this, but in my life, in, in my 20s, when God got hold of me, then I moved from North Carolina to California, totally different culture-wise, wasn't even what I expected, and yet going to that place, again, not, not knowing it, but God had put something in me that gave me the ability then to begin to catch this of loving the place where he puts you. Went from California to West Virginia, totally different culture. In other words, I mean, massive difference in terms of how the culture, how the people operated. And yet I knew God wanted me to fall in love with the place, which meant if somebody came in from the outside and they began to speak critical of that area because it was so different. And it happened that a friend of mine come from California to coal mining town in West Virginia. He had grown up in California and, and he began to be critical about the people of West Virginia. And I knew in my heart, I said to him, you can't do that. It will shut doors instead of open them. And didn't realize that it had to do with not just the people, but the place. Then from there, I went to uh, Wichita, Kansas, another totally different culture. Anyway, I won't go through all the places I went to, but God had put that in my heart that I knew you go to that place, you put your feet on the ground, and you're going to love what God loves. And God loves the whole earth, not just the people of that place, but the very earth that he's put there. And um, so when it came to missions, it worked the same way because you could go into a place, totally different culture, totally different food, totally different weather, even in terms of the way they practice what you consider Christianity. And you can go in there, and if you don't understand what we're talking about with love, because love is the greatest door opener. And if you go in there, if you begin to be critical of what's there, even in terms of the geography of it, it is um, a kingdom principle that it will close doors rather than open doors for you. 
So as we talk about this today, it takes a revelation of the love of God being big enough that you're going to be a carrier of that substance of his love. And you're going to be able to go into those places recognizing that, okay, God, I want to be able to tap into your love when I go into those places. We could say it in a lot of different ways. I mean, love being the point of the spear, love being the the greatest weapon that we have, a, a weapon against the enemy, but also a weapon that opens the door so that God can move like he wants to move. Even to the place of of understanding that love is what opens the door so that prophecy, so so that miracles, so that all of those things then God blesses because they will profit what it is that God wants to do. I'm going to focus on that moment that I had with the Lord where I had to repent because I do believe that there's some of you listening to this today that you were like, God, why am I here? Why did you put me here? I share the story all over the place. And almost every time in the audience, somebody has tears welling up in their eyes because they're questioning, God, I don't understand. Can I get the heck out of here? And you may be one of those people. You might be a pastor of a local congregation. You might be somebody that runs the food pantry for your church, or you're doing social justice acts in your city, but yet you have this resentment towards what is taking place there. And I've seen it often as we've gone and we've spoken to people and interviewed different intercessors and community leaders that are out there. And the ones that are annoyed that things are not going the way that they thought that they should, they have a habit of pointing blame at whether it's the mayor of the city or the school board, instead of saying, God, you put me here to make a difference. You put me here to be an occupying force for your kingdom. And Lord, how do you want to use me here? Jesus, let me see my city the way that you see my city. And let me understand why you caused me to be born and caused me to have my feet planted in this land right now. Now, there's times when you're maybe in a place you don't belong and Ask the Lord to make that clear. Did I take this job uh, out of disobedience just because I thought it was a good idea? Lord, did I end up in this place because it shows up on the top 10 cities in the U.S. to live and that's where I'm going to go? Did I plant this church here because geographically and by statistics, there's a church that needs to be planted here? Are you in the place that God called you to be? And so these are things that we really need to take before him and say, Lord, search my heart, search my motives and help me to know I am in the place that you want me to be. And when you get that settled in your heart, then you say, God, what do you want me to do here? Because you and I both know it becomes that principle that people think, well, okay, the grass is greener somewhere else. So what's going on here then? Okay, it's not going on over there. But we know, and and those of you listen, you, you know that. In other words, no, it's not true. The grass is not greener. I mean, the only way it could be greener, and again, we're talking about empowered by God, is because if you are in the wrong place, if you're in the wrong place, then yeah, things aren't going to, they're not going to jail. You know, you want to be lined up with exactly where God wants you to be. So there is something to that. We call it placement. We talk about an alignment, being exactly where God wants you to be. And, And that'll probably be another topic. 
But today we've got to come to the place, just like Kimberly, she fell on her knees. She said, oh my, my heart has become offended. I mean, I'm filtering everything through the wrong things. I don't even have God's heart anymore. And so there's a time that says, okay, I'm, I'm going to fall on my knees and say, okay, God, like David, search my heart, mm-hmm. search my heart, God. If there's wrong motives, if there's pain in there that's caused me to not love anymore, then God, I'm ready for you to show me and then allow the spirit of God to come in and begin to change all of that because you want to see through the eyes of God. Yes, you want to feel what God feels. But with all the things going on, no matter how bad it is or, you know, how corrupt it is or how many principalities and powers are affecting the place you're living in, all those kinds of things, God still loves the place and God still loves the people. So we're bringing something to the table today that says then we got to be able to look differently at where we are than what most people talk about. In other words, love what God loves, love then where God has you, even to the question that you could, it's fair to ask God the question to say, okay, God, you have me here in this town. What do you love about this town? Mm -hmm. What is it that you love? I mean, Jesus, he, he loves this place. Then let me see through your eyes, God, so that I can fall in love with what you're in love with in this particular city this particular region, whatever place it is. Now, when we don't let the Lord search our hearts and deal with that resentment that's there, what happens is all of our prayers, all of our hopes and dreams for what we're doing are filtered through resentment or judgment that we've made. And that's not what Jesus wants from us at all. You know, if you think about the things that Jesus prayed for, the things that he wanted to see happen, like when he was weeping over Jerusalem, and would you not understand really the times and seasons that you're in, and would you understand the fullness of the kingdom? He was saying, look, Jerusalem, I'm getting ready to die for you. He loved the city so much that he died for the city. He died for the people in the city. He died for his nation. And we have to have a love that's within us that's so great that we're willing to lay our life down. in the midst of it. And so many Christians are not in that place. It's like, no, Jesus already accomplished that. He did it. I don't need to. But he showed us a principle of you need to be able to lay your own agenda down, die to what you think should happen and pick up his and have such a great love for what he's created and what he's doing in the earth today that you, you can be part of the change agency that's causing your city to become what you think it's to become. I mean, we recognize in Scripture talks about in Psalms that literally the nations are an inheritance to Jesus. Mm -hmm. So wherever you are, you got to get hold of that same concept that where I am is part of the inheritance that Jesus gave his life for, like you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And then we have to be willing in the same way to lay our lives down. Right. Lay our lives down in the place where God has placed us. He's put us there. I mean, he, he, he started that way. He started in a garden that he had created in a geographical place on planet Earth. He said, I'm going to establish heaven right here. In other words, it was a, yes, an eternal place, but it was also upon a, a geographical natural place. And so God says, no, I'm, this is the place I'm going to start. 
And so for us, that protocol, God works the same way. He says, and, and it doesn't mean that God doesn't move you. Right. <laughs> it doesn't mean that you can't go somewhere else. We're really talking about a heart issue here. The heart issue is bigger than the place that you are. Once the heart issue is taken care of, then God can take you wherever he wants to take you. But if what we're talking about today, the, the substance and the factor of love, if that can't be worked inside of your heart to where you know it's there, let's be honest, God can't trust you. He can't entrust somewhere else to you until this that has to do, you know, with your heart is taken care of. Right. So don't hear us say that God puts you in a place and he doesn't look at it as he's putting you somewhere and you're stuck there. He's like, no, I want to love the community. I want to love the very territory you're in. So allow me then to love through you. And when you fall in love that way, then um, it, it becomes a dynamic between you and your relationship with God that God says, I can entrust more to you. Mm -hmm. I mean, he says that. He says, hey, I'm, if you're faithful with this, I can entrust you with more. Right. Part of that faithfulness is his love flowing through you. And he says, then guess what? I, whether he says, I'm going to enlarge your territory or I'm going to move you to a new territory, I, I can trust you with it because I know that you love the place I put you the same way I love that place. You know, we've talked about the education system several times in past episodes. And to just kind of give a practical way of looking at this, you may be a parent or grandparent that is frustrated with the school system. So all your filters are going through all the things that are wrong with the education system that's there. Now, if we turn around and we, we ask the Lord, what do you think about all this? He's going to talk to you about the children. He's not going to talk to you necessarily about the system. It might be part of the solution to reach the children, but he's going to talk to you about the love that he has for the children. And so if our perspective shifts to, to Lord, this generation that's coming up, these ones that are being taught in this education system, if we're focusing on the future of them rather than bad-mouthing the school board and looking at the different things that are wrong or this teacher did that, it's going to change the way that you pray because you're going to filter your prayers through your love for the children and to see them come into their fullness rather than looking at all the work that the enemy is doing. It changes your perspective. That's a love view rather than a hate view. And so with that in mind, then, it changes your prayer. It changes your intercession. And then whatever God wants to do, if he wants to change the school board, if he wants to do something that has to do with um, even if we go to the place of, you know, there we're in a spiritual war. We talked about that. So in that spiritual war, if there's something of a directive that has to do with partnering with God to take care of, a, of we'll call it a principality, call it whatever, things of darkness in the school system or whatever it is, then your heart is filled with love. Mm -hmm. So when we go back to that thing, love is the first place. Love is the priority. Love then opens the door that God says, now I can partner with you in dealing with the enemies of darkness because you love what he loves. If we even look back to a few episodes ago where we talked about the middle school principal that loved her kids 
And that was the team that came in and connected with her was because of her love for the children, right. not for the messed up school that she had. But I love these kids so much that I want them to have an environment that they can learn. Can you help me? Yes. She didn't come to you going, I've got bomb threats going on. I've got fights breaking out in the hall. I've got, she, she said, I love these children and I want to see them touched. Her perspective was accurate. She had a love for the place where she was planted. It's powerful. Yeah. So we thank you for being on our podcast today. We look forward to continuing in in this that has to do with how we can become an occupying force in the places where God has placed us. So we encourage each of you today to go to our website, watchmanarise.com, and there you'll be able to find other resources that we offer. The other thing we want you to do is we want you to email us at office at watchmanarise.com. That's office at watchmanarise.com. We want you to email us because we want you to give us feedback on what you're hearing. We want to know if you have any kind of questions, maybe in some areas that you want us to cover. The other thing we're excited that we really want to do is if you email us and we we can have then a way to connect with you, we want to start a phone call with those of you that are interested just to dialogue together on the subjects that we're talking about. So would you please email us at office at watchmanarise.com. And don't forget to subscribe to Occupying Force on Charisma Podcast Network, Apple, Google, and Spotify, or wherever you listen. Thanks for joining us.